0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. Romans 1 Paul said this amazing statement. He said, I'm not ashamed Of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And so uh, we're going to look into this story. The story, our story, our song is a good news song. You wouldn't think that anybody would need to be ashamed of good news. But I tell you what, there is, uh, there's aspects of religion, there's aspects of, of fear of, a, of an angry God that will cause people to lose sight of the very fact that the story that we're telling today is actually good news. And the gospel, if it's the real gospel, is good news. So we're going to look into it today. Every portion and every part of the gospel has power in it. Notice that Paul said the gospel is the power of God. So it's not just a story. It's not just a historical tale or even a historical fact. There is actually power in every aspect of the gospel. But the aspect that we're going to look at really closely today is the aspect of the, revel- of the resurrection. And so, uh, before we get into that, we're going to look at the intro to this story, the introduction to this story, which is actually quite awful and tragic and dark. And uh, it starts with man as God created him when he chose to go a separate way from God from what he knew was God. Uh, the Bible said that man fell from the glory of God and sin entered the world. And Romans, the sixth chapter and verse 23, said that the wages of sin, the collateral damage of sin is death. Now, notice that it doesn't say the wages of sin is. God punishing you. God will punish you as your wage. It doesn't say that. Actually, sin punishes us. The effect and the collateral damage of sin punishes us. All right? The rest of that verse says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But everyone sinned, not just the original person, but the Bible says in Romans, the sixth chapter and verse 23, that says, all have sinned. A lot of times when we're thinking about sin, we always uh, look laterally across. We say, well, I haven't sinned like that person. I may not be perfect, but hey, I'm better than them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, we even do that in our own home and in our own family. At least I'm like, like, bam. I have done this, and I've done that, but I haven't done But the thing about it is, any sin is a diversion or something different from God. And God is perfect. And so when there is a diversity from God, or when there is something that is done or said or happened that is different from perfection, it's sin. And it says, everybody's done that. Maybe we haven't done what somebody else did, but we've done something. Anybody? No? Uh, yeah. And so, we've all sinned. The thing about it is, is the result of that sin, as Romans, R- Romans 3 says, is that it is, the wages of it and the effect of it is death, which is separation. Separation. From God And so man, as a result of sin, all man as a result of sin, it says, has fallen from the glory of God. We found, fell into a, a hole that we could not get out of. But because we weren't created to be there, there's been a desire to get out of it. And so the, the religions of the world good works. If I can just do enough, if I can do this and do it better than I did last year, and if I can try harder, and if I I can maybe even go to church, or if I be nice to people, or at least I help it in the community and whatever, maybe I can get out of there. But there is no human effort that is, it is sufficient enough to get out of the hole that man fell into. We actually have, have, have a need to be rescued. I was thinking about a, a friend of Tony and I. Um, he is a, a pastor in the state of Missouri. And he was on a fishing trip with some other pastors in New Zealand. And um, he got swept out on a, on a current. Uh, and um, he was in the water. He got swept out. To see, to open sea. Not in a little boat, just him. And, uh, and so, and the swells were really high. He said he remembered while he would be at the bottom of the swell that there'd be like a wall of water on either side of him. And uh, when you're in a situation like that, how, how do you get out of it? You can do your best to swim. And it, he, he, he came to a conclusion that he knew that he could not swim out. And he was going to lose his energy uh, right away, and the water was cold. And, and so, he actually had to be rescued. Well, he was, or I wouldn't be telling this story this morning. But, and, and he still pastors today. And uh, praise the Lord, God helped him, some people go exactly to where he was. And to, and to be able to find him and pull him out but man was in a situation that we couldn't crawl out of couldn't swim out of couldn't help ourselves or help any any of uh, anybody else that we loved around us because we were all in the hole we had to be rescued so we had to have a savior and the only way that we could he could, that we could be saved is for God to actually become one of us come one of us And not only become one of us, but as a man, live perfectly to qualify to save us. And so it was that Jesus lived before he died. I love that. At Easter time, we usually take it up with his passion, those last few hours of his life leading up to the cross, the burial, and then finally the resurrection, which is the beautiful Easter story. But there wouldn't have been an Easter story if Jesus hadn't lived perfectly for us. Aren't we thankful today that he did? Every day was for us. And so he lived perfectly so that he could die perfectly for us. And, and then he came up to those last few hours there was because uh, of where we were and the collateral damage of what sin had affected in our lives. We had to have a redemption. We had to have help in every single area. The price then for being raised up out of a place of insecurity and a feeling of abandonment was paid for when Jesus was betrayed and when he was rejected by the closest people to him, even denied. There was only one of his close disciples that stuck around, John, but everyone else that would have and should have and could have been there, everybody left. And so in that, a price was paid for us to be lifted out of abandonment Ourselves, He paid a price to lift us out of poverty. Isn't that wonderful that God doesn't want us in squalor? He wants us lifted up out of poverty. But it came with a price. The Bible says that he was made poor for our sakes that we could be made rich. He paid a price that we could be lifted out of physical sickness. Oh, thank God for that. Anybody in here have a testimony that you have come out of sickness and been healed in your physical body? That came with a price and Jesus paid the price on uh, before he even got to the cross when our sin our sicknesses were laid on his back I was looking at you know uh, Mel Gibson's passion uh, passion of the Christ and uh, looking back over some of those pictures I was going to match them up with some of these different price tags and uh but I didn't know if everybody—not everybody—is okay with how gruesome it was. But it—it's it, more than just a Bible story and a and a picture. The price that had to be paid for us to be healed cost him greatly, and it was paid by the beating that he took upon his back. The price for our peace didn't come free either. The the price to lift us out of confusion, to lift us out of torment and out of depression and out of oppression came when they put a crown of thorns on his head. He paid that price so we could be lifted. The price that was paid to lift us out of condemnation And sin consciousness also came at a great cost because Isaiah 53 said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And so the beatings that he had even before he got to the cross was a part of the payment that was necessary to lift us out of. It was not enough. For God in heaven, just to say, "It's OK, I excuse your sin. it's all right, I love you." No, those sins had to be paid for, and in us paying for it, we would have never gotten out of the hole. Somebody had to come and pay it for us that had never sinned. And so we see also that the price paid to, needed to be paid for our justification so that we could rerun the tape back before we did the wrong thing don't you don't you ever wish sometimes even while you're talking you wish you hadn't you just said just shut up but we don't and it just keeps coming out have you ever wished that you could just rewind and not say what you said or rewind and not do what you did to hurt somebody or Or make a problem in your life. What justification means. And that's a Bible word. But what it means. Is that you can be in the presence. And in the sight of God. Just as if you never sinned. That is amazing. Justified. But that came with a heavy price. And that happened when he was nailed to the cross. Because what was written against us, the ordinances of the law that we broke, were nailed to the cross when he was. And so a great price for that. Now, also we see in Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter, and verse 21, to be able to sing songs about being righteous and having right standing and with God and no inferiority in his presence. Isn't just something that, that we sing our way into, or just just uh, think of it as a beautiful idea, or just be in Christian words. That it came with a great prize. This was the greatest thing, because in Second Corinthians the fifth chapter and 21, Jesus knew not sin. In other words, he never did one bad thing, never said a bad thing. Never acted or reacted in sin. Yet God made him to be the world's sin. One translation said he poured into him our sins, our imperfections. He was perfect, but God poured into him all of our collective sin. And that we whose sin he had thus assumed might become, by our union with him, the very righteousness of God in Christ. So the price for us to be righteous, for us to be lifted out of unrighteousness and lifted into right standing with God, uh, came with this price of him being made sin. Now, all the blood, all the blood that was shed, even... Back into the garden when he was praying to the Father, if I, I just, um, if this cup can just pass from me, and then eventually he, he sweat even as it were drops of blood, starting from that point, and then the beatings, the blood that came from that, we have songs about the blood because the blood is very valuable because it was the price, the price started being paid. When they opened up his back through beatings, the price for our healing was being paid by that blood. All the beatings that he and the thorns upon his brow. And then finally, even on the cross when he was nailed to the cross and all of his blood poured out. All of that blood was the necessary and demanded price for fallen mankind to get back up and be reconciled to God. I love this because this amazing part of our Easter story, the amazing part of the answer to man falling is never. none of these things took place or are given to us just because, listen very carefully, just because God loved us. He couldn't just justify us because he loved us. He couldn't just forgive us just because he loved us. He couldn't say, it's okay, just because he loved us. We have peace, not just because he loves us. We have, we have security, not just because he loves us. He loved us so much that what was necessary to be paid for, for us to experience this lifting in all these areas, he was willing to pay. And aren't we thankful for that? A great price. And Jesus paid it all. But as a result of him becoming sin, of what we see here in this verse of Scripture, then what what happened originally when when man sinned, is he was separated from God. He was separated. And so here when God put on Jesus, in Jesus, not his sin, our sin, he experienced then a great price of being separated from his father. John, 3, John, book of John, 113 times, God, God is called Father. But on the cross, after he had assumed our sin, he screamed out at the end, my God, my God. Jesus hadn't called his father God. His father was his father to him. But in that place of separation, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He paid that price so we would never have to go through the horror Of being separated from God. Jesus had to pay that not just while he was on the cross, but then going on to the tomb. There he was buried. And there he experienced the ultimate separation from the Father. In experiencing as absolutely low you could go where he was buried. Not just in the, in the ground or in the hole in the rock, but also in the heart of the earth. Away from God. Hell is a place, of godless place. A place where God is not, because God is love, is a place where there is no love. There have been people who sometimes when the gospel is shared to them, they'll say, Well, I don't care about going to heaven. I just want to be where my friends are. I tell you, there are no friends in heaven, or I mean in hell. There's no friends in hell. Nobody likes anybody there. Because there is an absolute absence of love, of anything of love. Separated from God means separated not only from love but also from life. No life. No light. No joy. No anything of the character of God. Jesus paid that price so that mankind never has to go there. Never has to sense that horror. Now. Romans the 8th chapter, Paul said this because he believed the love of God that paid these extreme prices and finally the ultimate price of being separated from God and from the love of God. He said, I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. hmm Do you know that is one of the most tormenting feelings that people can have? Maybe because they experienced or somebody left them. Somebody they loved left them. Sometimes even parents or somebody very close that they loved left them. But I tell you this morning, Paul was able to be convinced that nothing would ever separate him from the love of God. And the reason he could be convinced is because Jesus suffered that separation so that we never have to feel that. Glory to God. So I want you to say with me this morning, I'm convinced. Sometimes people hang on to with their words and with their thought to feelings of abandonment from God. This morning, begin something. Begin to declare something, just like this verse of Scripture. Put these words in your, mouth, in your mouth. I'm convinced that nothing can separate me from the love of God. Amen? Say it with me. I am convinced. One more time. I'm convinced. Keep going on. It says, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor neither our fears of today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Next verse. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed In Christ Jesus our Lord we are loved now Romans the first chapter and verse 16 let's go back to this we read it a little bit ago I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power the gospel is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes who believes. That's interesting. Can you just help me with this? Because I want you... This is a huge word for us today. And we want it to settle down deep into... uh, Down deep into our heart. Uh, Big... There are big words in the Bible. What I mean by big words is you can recognize them because they're German and they have so many letters. I'm just kidding. Anyway... No, they're not big because of how many letters. They're big because of how many times they're used. And they're, they're weighted because they are repeated. In the book of John, for instance, we already said that Jesus used the word Father over and over and over again so that word Father gets real heavy. It shifts our, uh, our uh, conception of God from just God God. To also being father. Because of how many. Do- you didn't just mention it on a whim one time. No. He said it over and over and over and over and over again. Father. Life is one of those words. Used over and over and over again. In the book of John. Light is another one of those words. Well another one of those words. That are big words. That carry a lot of weight. And they they. Beg for us to look at them and take them is the word believe. Believe is a big word for Christians. It says it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Notice it doesn't say to everyone who's perfect. Everyone who turns over a leaf, everyone, everyone who who's nice to their family, everyone who is a good person. No, it doesn't say that. It says the power of God, the gospel is the power to everyone who what Believe. believes. Believes. Now, John 3 16. It is believing, it is through believing that all of these things that were paid for with the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that were necessary to redeem us back to God, total redemption for everything that was broken in the human life. How do we get that power out? It happened 2,000 years ago. How can it be not just his story? How can it be your story? Believing accesses that power. Look at John 3 and verse, go back to 14. Uh, It says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He had to go to the cross. Verse 15, that whoever, say it again, believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life verse 16 here's our main you know huge verse for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that everyone that stops doing bad and starts doing good no we see up here whosoever what believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life so the gospel happened not just on the cross our story the good news didn't just happen with all of these things that Jesus experienced where the price was being paid the price was being accumulated in all that that was necessary to do and then ultimately on the cross that's not the end of the gospel So, at Easter time, even though, you know, uh, the cross is really, really big, we look at it. But it's not the end of our story. Aren't you glad it's not the end of the story? Because a part of our gospel then, a part of the story, is that Jesus was raised from the dead. He went to the tomb. Let's look at this little Jesus. clip. So things did start on the cross. It was necessary that what was wrong with us be dealt with and, and the penalty be paid. But it went on. Our story goes on and goes to, glory to God, this tomb where he was buried in separation from God. But as we sang today, a battle took place there and Jesus came out of there as king of kings. And Lord of Lords, it doesn't even stop with his resurrection. He didn't just raise back up to the earth. Jesus was also, he was raised to sit in heavenly places in Christ. And so Jesus, in this story, uh, our gospel story includes the cross, the tomb, and the resurrection that ends with the throne. Matthew, the 16th chapter and verse 21 Jesus is saying this about his his work. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, and on the third day, hallelujah, he would be raised from the dead. Romans 10, 9, let's look at this. This is a verse of Scripture that is our door, hallelujah, our access place. And it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and he is because he was raised from the dead and raised far above principality and power, and believe in your heart, and there it is again, there's that big word, Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Next verse. It says, for it is by believing. There it is again. Do you see how many times? It is by believing in your heart that you were made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Verse 11. The scripture tells us anyone who trusts or believe in him, look at this, will never be disgraced. I believe that is so for salvation, but I believe that is so for other areas of life. God doesn't want you disgraced. He is not designed that you be a failure in any area of your life. Belief, we're going to see more and more, releases the power of God to lift us, believing taps into what Jesus did 2,000 years ago and releases that into our lives. There were, uh, with this verse of Scripture, there were, this last week, uh, there were, I believe, 26 people, I think I got that number right, that prayed a prayer to ask Jesus to come into their heart. As, As our students went out this last week and prayed personally with people, they did this. And you know what happened? When they believed in Jesus, something went into them. The power that happened right here, right here in the whole work of the gospel was released to them through their believing, went into their spirit, and they were recreated. Amazing. When somebody becomes a Christian, it is not that they just add that to another description of who they are. Asking or declaring his lordship and the belief in Jesus of what he's done for us and that he was raised from the dead releases supernatural power to literally make you a different person than what you were before you prayed that. Amazing. Who in here has had that experience where resurrection power went into you and recreated your spirit? Glorious. Um, Romans tells us this wonderful thing about what happens to us, but I'd like you to see in, in Ephesians, the first chapter, and while you're turning there, we're getting ready to look up on this. Knowing that he is risen, knowing that he is the Lord, gives us a point of reference so that we understand how we are engaging with him. Who is this that we're praying about? Who is it that we sing songs? Is it just somebody somebody that lived 2,000 years ago and did a great thing, died an amazing death? The thing about it is, is the life, the work of, of redemption that Jesus did for us was not a work of a martyr. He was not a martyr. He didn't just die for a noble cause, And then he's locked in history of 2,000 years ago. Jesus didn't die a martyr. He died as a work of his rescue mission to us. And he didn't stay dead. He raised from the dead. And through him, through the power of his resurrection, he makes sure that everything he paid for can take place in our lives. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, Ephesians, the first chapter. There's a prayer that Paul prayed for the church, the whole church, everybody. Not just special people in, in, uh, that are Christian. Not, not, not ju- it, this is for everybody. He said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened so that you would know, that you would know, not wonder what is the hope of your calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now look at verse 19 and keep in mind that this prayer, the scripture tells us, Paul prayed this. He said this, I pray this prayer day and night for the church well, this must be really important. You think, well, there's some important things that I need God to do in my life. I, I, I've got some needs that need met. I, I, I've got, you know, we, our, my family has some needs. I, I have decisions to be made. I have some needs in my body. But let me tell you what. The, this prayer written in the Bible announces the importance of what we're asking for. God said, it's important that you understand those things that we've already read, but also this, that the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. God wants every person to know that, yeah, he's almighty God. He has all power, but that power he doesn't hoard. He wants his power to usward he wants the power uh, that, that is available to do all those things that Jesus paid the price to do in lifting you up. He wants that power lifting you out of depression. He wants his power lifting you out of, of confusion. He wants your, his power lifting you out of sickness. Amen. This is his heart. And he said, Greatness of his power, listen to this, to usward. He's not just, I'm the biggest, I'm the best, I'm God Almighty, I've got all power. No, he said, my power is to you. I want it to go to you. The scripture said his eyes are going to and fro throughout the whole earth. He's looking for somebody to do something for. He wants to help. He wants to lift. To usward who believe. According to the working of his mighty power, verse 20, which he he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Now the power that God wants us to understand, to get a grip on, isn't just his creative power that did stars and stuff. There's a greater power. Not, Not his miracle working that split the Red Sea. The kind of power that he wants you to understand And understand how to receive into your life is resurrection power really yeah yeah resurrection power resurrection power is the power that performs all of these things in your life and does the lifting of all these things that Jesus Christ bought and paid for it's that Holy Spirit resurrecting, lifting power. Now, let's go down. Let's look at Ephesians, the second chapter. It says that you've raised us up together. <laughs> this was never just to be his story. This was to be ours too. He came and got us. And he didn't just put band-aids on us down there and leave us that way. He raised us up too. Did he just raise us up just so we can keep our nose above water and just make it somehow to the end? No! If he raised Jesus far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, that's where he raised us up to. And it says he made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Colossians, the third chapter and verse 1 says, we were raised with him. If you've been raised with him, seek those things which are above. Now, there's an old Easter song. Maybe you know it. Uh, it says, Christ the Lord is risen today. Now, some people don't know that one, but anyway. We're not going to teach it. But it, it goes on to say, sons of men and angels say, Hallelujah. Lift your voice and triumphs high. Hallelujah. And something else I can't remember. But then there's another verse. There's another verse that says, soar we now. Soar. Soar we now where Christ has led. Hallelujah. Following our exalted head. He doesn't want his kids living in the muck, just enduring life in the muck and the mire and the squalor. He paid a price to raise us. Following our exalted head, made like him, like him we rise. Hallelujah. Ours, the cross, the grave. skies John the first chapter in verse 12 says this if you believe on him he gives you the power to become a child of God it's translated in a lot of uh, translations he gives you the right and that's true he does give you the right but that Greek word doesn't just mean right or the authority It also means power. Do you know you and I could have never become a child of God and live in this place of of dominion and and victory and abundant life. We could have never crawled our way up there. He gave us the power to be a child of God. That power recreated us and made made us a whole different person. John the 11th chapter and verse 40 Jesus said this to the to Martha this woman a good friend of his isn't her name was Martha her brother had died and, and there he was in the in the in another tomb and he told Martha this he said if you believe you will see the glory of God there's that word again believe John 11 verse 40 if you believe, you will see. Some people say, if I, if I could just see something, I'll believe. And th- God does give signs so that people can believe. But Jesus said this, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Believing is the button that releases the power of God. If you'll put up that, uh, that those switches, those rocket um, launcher switches <laughs> there's no way you could launch a rocket there's no not enough strength in you to launch a rocket you may be able to launch a paper airplane but but depending on the style of it it may not it may only do that you can't launch a rocket but I tell you what if you have a rocket launcher that releases power that lifts that rocket up, a little button that a finger, one finger, not even putting your shoulder to it, one finger can send a spacecraft, break it out of this, world's, uh, this Earth's atmosphere and into orbit and land it on someplace else in, in, in the universe, in the galaxy. Nothing has that. You don't have that, but you can release power. What believing does is it releases the power of God, resurrection power. Bless the Lord. Let's look at another verse of Scripture along this line. Matthew, the eighth chapter, the ninth chapter and verse 23. I don't have these up here for you, but Jesus said this. If you believe all things are possible to what him that believes all things are possible to him that believes to to the, the Jairus when his little daughter it was reported that his little daughter had just died in mark the 5th chapter jesus said don't fear only only believe why because if you'll believe and not be Drawn to and connected to the problem. If you can stay connected to the one who said, I'm the resurrection. Your belief in him will release power that will lift you out of all kind of situation. In Luke, the first chapter and verse 45, Elizabeth said about her cousin Mary, Mary the mother of Jesus. Blessed is she because she believed that those things that were promised her would be performed, that there would be a performance. You can't perform all the lifting in your life, all the changes that need to happen in your family, all the changes that need, need maybe to happen in your body or in your business or in your in, in other parts of your life. You can't produce maybe all those changes. But I tell you what, There is one that if you believe, he will perform for you through the power of his resurrection. Jesus said this. Jesus said this in in Luke the 13th chapter. And there is a verse of scripture about this. Luke the, the 13th chapter. Behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and in no way could raise, I love how it says it in the Bible, raise herself. Couldn't raise herself. <laughs> Resurrection power can raise anything. You say, well, I tell you, my relationship with my spouse, my relationship with my kids, uh, my my jo- I, you can't even know how poor I am. Maybe, maybe it's something in your body. Maybe it's a system in your body that's gone defunct. Something isn't working right. Resurrection power can raise anything. Jesus said all things are possible to him who's perfect. No. Everything is possible to him that believes. 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 Romans 8 chapter and verse 11. Jesus said, or I mean Paul said, If the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, (laughs) He will quicken your mortal body by that same Spirit that dwells in you. Romans the 8th chapter and verse 2, he said this. Paul was writing to that group of believers. And he said, he said the Spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus has made us free, has lifted us up above a spirit of sin and death. In the world, there is a spirit of sin and death. It keeps people, it'll bring people down. Even though people may be walking erect at the, at the shops or at your business, what the, what the law of sin and death does is it breaks people down Maybe they're physically walking. Maybe not. Maybe they they get broken down in their health. But in other areas of their life, they start being broken down until they are finally laying down in life. God doesn't mean us to be laying down in life. He wants us, as sons of God, to be lifted up. To stand up. How do we get up? Well... Airplanes. If you will look at this throttle picture, I don't care how small the airplane is. And I've flown in airplanes that you know have a lot of seats. I know because I sat in row seventy-five. <laughs> I laughed out loud while I was going down the aisle. I thought, "You have got to be kidding!" It was like kilometers down the aisle how long is this plane going to... I was in the last row, row 75. It was a long plane. But I've also sat in airplanes, flown in airplanes, where I was the passenger and there was only one other seat. Or maybe there was... I've flown in ones that had four seats. I've flown in ones that had eight seats. I don't care how small the plane is. It isn't getting off the ground because there is a law of gravity that holds everybody down, everything down. But there is a greater law than the law of gravity. How do we break out of gravity that holds everything down? With just a little deal. (laughs) There's no shoulder action, there's no heaving and Everybody join up together. Let's lift this plane up. You're not getting it off the ground. But with just a little thing, a little throttle, it engages engages a different law. And it is a law of lift. We could say it this way. It's a law of resurrection. (laughs) It's coming up. There is a greater law that is available to us, no matter where we've been crushed down by life. It's a law of life, of resurrection. How do we engage it? Through trying harder, trying and clawing our way up? No. Believe. Believe. What do you believe? He gives you, his word gives you, his promises, his person. He talks and it gives you something to believe. His word is full of things to believe. Now, have you ever been in an elevator? You can't live too long in an elevator. Elevator, depending on the building. You're very quite happy with it. This one here has nine floors or 11 floors. I looked at some on Google that had one of them had 54 floors. I've been in some of those buildings, especially like in Singapore. And you're just up there where you need an oxygen. No, not really. But way up there. Now, you may choose to take the stairs if you're going to go from floor one to two, maybe even take the stairs from uh, maybe one to one to three, but you're not going to take 54 flights. I don't care how much you crave exercise. Look at this. Uh, look at this flight of stairs. When you, if you're down in the car park and you're looking up at the, you know, give it a go, give it a go. See how far you can go see how far you can get up by yourself but there's an enemy and in life it can kick you back down to the car park and you got to start all over again and then you climb your way back up and then something sabotages you somebody maybe even yourself and down you go again guys there's a better way it's an elevator I was in one here recently Very recently, just a couple weeks ago, and I was in with a friend and we were just chit chat 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 chatting. And uh, a little while later, we noticed that nothing had happened. We were still where we were. You can be in an elevator and nothing change. What do you have to do? Go back to those. Oh, that's nice. What do you have to do? Go back to those buttons. You have to, you have to push something, and it releases power that lifts you. While you're being lifted, you don't have to be standing there and, and, and going through the motions of going up the steps. And if you've ever been on an elevator and somebody's in there going, you'd think, you're weird. Give it a rest. The elevator's doing the raising for us. You can have a kappa. You can talk. You can not, not even... You can just have a nice time in the elevator while it's doing all the work. But it does not engage the lifting power until you push the button. What is the button? Believe. 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 What do we believe? We believe what Jesus did for us. We believe the promises of the word of God. We put our faith in it. And even if there are things that say, this is happening. This problem is real. This problem is real. This is real. This You're horrible. And there's good evidence about it. You'll never make it. You didn't make it before and you won't make it again. Maybe there's all kind of evidence of failure and being low. The promises of God give you a choice of what to believe. Jesus himself gives you a choice. Believe me, he says. Today, he's telling you. Today, he's telling everyone in here, believe me. Put your faith, put your trust. Believe me. Believe what I've done for you. Believe that I raised from the dead. Believe that my power I don't hoard. My power is for you. All you need to do is believe. And it will release that power in the name of Jesus. As the the singers are coming, a worship team is coming. Psalms 3.3 said, He is the glory and the what? The lifter of my head. When I saw this verse of scripture, when I was preparing for today, I knew that God wanted to lift some heads today. Some people have been looking down. They are down. They've been looking down because of things going on around them. But God wants to lift you up. He's the glory and the lifter of your head. James, the fourth chapter in verse 10, he said, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Guys, listen. In life, stop taking the stairs. I'm not talking about in a natural building. I'm talking about in your life. Stop taking the stairs. I can do it. I can do it. I'll try harder. I'll I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. I'll try harder. I'll try harder. Get out of the stairway. Get on the elevator. Believe. Believe. Come to Jesus. He's the elevator. And put your faith in him. I trust you Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you bow your heads? Dear Heavenly Father. We thank you for Jesus. Invitation. Over every person. In this room. To look to him. And live. Look to him. And be lifted. Look and live. Look in the right direction. Look away from what is low. Look away even from yourself. Look and live. Father God, while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I pray for anyone in this room this morning who does not, has not ever experienced what Jesus in their life can do Father God there may be somebody here that has gone to church or not but we know that church church attendance being good being raised even in a Christian home doesn't get us out of the hole it's faith and belief in Jesus and what he's done for us. Father, I pray if there's someone here today that has never known the joy of being lifted up, that wonderful, life-changing power going into our heart and changing them from the inside out like we were singing today, I know that you're talking and dealing with them that this day Today is the day of salvation, is the day of rescue for them, is the day when they're coming up. In Jesus' name, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if I've just prayed for you, I want to give you an invitation to be included in a prayer I want to pray, for his power to be released in your life today as you make Jesus your Lord. And on the count of three, in just a moment, I'm going to count to three. And I want you to raise your hand and say, count me in on that prayer. I want Jesus in my life. I want life in my life. And he will come in to your heart and make a change that you could never make yourself. Oh, if I could just, if that person would just love me, then I'd be different. Oh, if I could just have that new car. Oh, if I could just get that other job. No, nothing and no one can make this change of lifting in your life. One, in just a moment, I want you to get ready to raise your head and say, count me in on that prayer. Two, I want to know Jesus. Three, every, anywhere in here, just lift up your hand and say, count me in on that prayer. Count me in on that prayer anywhere in this room. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord, this time is for you. This prayer is for you. Pray this prayer. I'd like all of us to pray this prayer. Pray it from your heart. Are you ready to pray this prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, pray it. Thank you so much for your love for me. You so loved me that you came to rescue me. Because I can't rescue myself. I accept what Jesus did for me, I believe it. And I believe that He was raised from the dead. And is alive today. And I call him my Lord. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are the Lord of my life. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at rhema.org.au. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.